Hello and welcome to the fifth of our professional photo podcasts. As always, it's time to make a brew, relax and turn up the volume as we bring you a fortnightly slice of everything you need to know from the world of professional photography. My name is Matty Graham, I'm contributing editor on the magazine, and joining me at the end of the line is the main man himself, Mr Terry Hope, editor of Professional Photo. So thanks for joining us, and if you're new to the podcast, what can you expect from Terry and myself? Well, we always aim to bring you as much variety as possible, including the latest product news, we try to answer your questions, we speak to the industry's leading players, and we explore everything that goes into making professional picture in today's competitive industry. So hello Terry, what have you been up to since we last talked? Hello Matty. Uh, yes, I, I actually managed to fit in a week away, which uh, was very welcome and a year like this has been. Um, I got myself off to Turkey for a week and uh, just crossed my fingers that I wasn't going to be on a, a two-week uh, list of staying at home when I got back. Unfortunately, we stayed off that. So yes, refresh the batteries a bit more than I intended because there was no Wi-Fi at the hotel. So, uh, uh, yes, the, uh, I, I didn't do an awful lot of work, which was actually uh, quite a good thing. And, um, yeah, apart from that, I've been uh, hard at work getting um, issue 176 um, ready to go. That, that goes to press next week uh, out on October the 8th. And that's been um, that's been. A really interesting issue to work on. There are lots of things going into that. We've got a big feature on vlogging. Um, we've got a few new bits of kit to uh, to be looking at. Um, the Panasonic S5, for example, um, we've managed to get hold of uh, uh, an early early uh, one of those, and that that's a really important camera for professionals. And uh, yes, I think yes. that's that's going to be a bit of a, a game changer, given the fact that it's full frame, given the, the price it's coming in at, and all the facilities it offers. Uh, Panasonic talking to me about it, we're presenting it as the full frame version of the GH5. And I think we all know what a what a popular filmmaking camera that has been. So um, that really is something a bit special. And um, I lined up an interview with um, Tyler Shields, who's uh, a very, um, very high level American fine art photographer, fascinating photographer. And um, yeah, the, the, one of the funny things I took out of that is that um, he just never sleeps. And, and he, <laughs> he actually presented it to me as the fact that um, he needs two to three hours a night's sleep. Um, I was interviewing him uh, probably about one o'clock in the morning his time when he was going for a walk and that was his time for catching up with things. Then he talks to European galleries at two to three in the morning. Then he watches a film uh, and then he then he sleeps for about two hours. Then he gets up and does it all again. So uh, and he reckons he's doubled his career by doing that, which uh, is an interesting way of looking at it. And uh I don't think an awful lot of photographers could match that. I, I certainly couldn't do. But uh, yes, uh, that's a, a really, really interesting interview and some fantastic pictures. So look out for that one as well. That's going to be a good story. Great stuff. Well, I can't, I can't understand how that how that would work. Sort of just getting two hours of sleep, but it feels <laughs> like that's what I've that's what I've been doing recently. So this week, I've crammed in three filming days already this week, and. Um, it's, it's a strange sort of workflow to uh, stay up to date with. And, and it sort of has parallels with, with, with Tyler, as you were saying. I mean, my life this week has been charging kit, traveling, 
shooting uh, productions, coming back, downloading uh, content, charging up kit, and repeating it again. So it feels like you know a bit of a sort of hamster wheel, but it's all been amazing fun. And I uh, the highlight for me this week was um, it was Battle of Britain Day on on Monday, and I got to shoot on RF RAF Cottesmore. Uh, which is now Kendry Barracks. It's sort of changed over from RAF to to, uh, to Army. And uh, we had the whole of the runway to ourselves. This massive, massive long runway. It's one of the longest in the country. And um, we were filming an automotive uh, production. So, you know, cars racing backwards and forwards, Ferraris, all that sort of stuff. And it was just such a great day. The weather was sunny, skies were blue. And it just felt, you know, amazingly... Uh, emotive to be on a place like that on, on such a special day, um, so that that was that was a good highlight for me. Um, but before we go any further, of course, as we do every podcast, we need to say a big thank you to Sennheiser, who have kindly sponsored the podcast and um, you know uh, supporting us with Sennheiser gear. Um, we use the Sennheiser Mark IV True condenser microphones, amazing bits of kit, made in Germany. Uh, great for podcasts and music. So thanks again, Sennheiser, for the continued support. So let's get on to news because there was a bit of a strange camera that um, dropped this week. And it is the Sony A7C. And it's a little bit different from all the Sonys that have gone before. Because what they've done is they've taken the technology of their full frame cameras and shrank it down into a camera that is only 1% larger than the A6600 APS-C camera. So you've got a full-frame camera in the size of an APS-C camera. And it's the world's lightest full-frame camera with IBIS. Of course, the the Sigma FP uh, still holds the record for the world's lightest full-frame camera, but it doesn't doesn't have IBIS. Um, So Sony have sort of stolen a march there. Um, What do you think of this camera terry have you had a chance to have a look at it i've not had a chance to uh, to actually physically see it I've, I've had the press release like everybody else so i've been reading about it and uh yes like you say i, I think it just weighs in at 509 grams which is crazy and um as you say yeah the same kind of size and weight as an aps c camera so it's going to be very small um it combines it combines the things that people uh, well, the, the the manufacturers at least seem to perceive that people want, which is uh, which is compact size, lightweight, and full frame. Full frame is very much the um, the flavour of the month, isn't it? Where we've seen uh, that's the way everybody seems to be going. And um, I don't know. I, I, my my feedback from other people is sometimes cameras can be too small, and um, and you often find that I think the Japanese market, and obviously. We're talking about a lot of Japanese companies. Japanese market very much likes compact cameras and very small and, and lightweight cameras. Sometimes that can be almost a bit too much for um, different audiences, but it'll be interesting to see. And and, and uh, Sony themselves have described it as a camera that is perfect for the vlogger and, and the whole vlogging market. As, as I mentioned previously, we're doing a feature on vlogging in the, in the next issue, but that whole area, obviously, Sony uh, previously have released um, a dedicated vlogging camera as well, as have Panasonic. So that 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 bit of the market as well, a lot of people are looking at that quite seriously, and uh, clearly is growing, growing quite fast at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot, lot of what you've said there, Terry. I mean, I actually think, though, that do you really need heavy cameras these days? I mean, it's an interesting dilemma and conundrum to sort of explore because, you know, it, the Sony A7C, the new camera that we're talking about, has 24 megapixels. It's got the same size LCD, 3.2-inch LCD, as the larger A7 series cameras. Uh, slightly smaller EVF. Um, it shoots 4K video. It has all the good bits of the Sony A7 system, but it's smaller. And I'm wondering, you know, I mean, all right, you might want to show up on set with a nice big camera and impress the clients. But apart from that, what do you need a big camera for anymore? Uh, it can be steadier to hold, uh, a better balance perhaps than um, a, a very small camera. Um, I'd, I'd certainly agree that it's a, a brilliant travel camera probably a very good street camera because it's so uh, unobtrusive. You could uh, walk around with it and uh, you wouldn't gather any attention at all walking around with that camera. It wouldn't look like a professional model, but clearly um, has the capacity to function like one, which is uh, which is a really good combination. Um, like everything else, really, I, I would absolutely love to get my hands on it and um, give it a, a give it a trial. And I'm sure you you would as well. Um, that, that would be the uh, the kind of proof of it, really. But um a fascinating, fascinating model and, and an interesting move from Sony, I think. Definitely. I mean, you know, this. a lot of people are wondering what the C stands for in, in the, in the uh, title of the camera. Some people are saying cheap because, you know, it's it's a little bit more affordable than some of the other um, cameras. But C, I think, is concept. So, um, you know, they're sort of exploring hmm. how photographers will react to smaller, smaller kit. Um and I think I think it is a brave move, and it's very Sony-like to do this because they're not shy of sort of bringing something very different to market, and I think that should be applauded. Um, and actually, I mean, we're going to move on to the main item now because the lightweight dimensions of the Sony A7C really got us thinking when we were putting together the show notes for the for the podcast, uh, thinking about equipment that can be used by professionals but it's truly small and mighty. So Terry and I set ourselves the task of thinking of three items of kit each that fit into this small but mighty bill. Um, so who wants to go first, Terry? Do you, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to do that. And um, I came up with, um, you know, as I mentioned, I've been away and um, we took our GoPro Black with us, which... Um, really kind of came into its own um, because um, of all the things it does. Obviously, really small, very robust and durable. You could take it in the water. Uh, my son is into uh, scuba diving, so that went with him when he did a scuba dive. Um, he's, he's also um, he's also doing skydiving. And uh, again, you know, that goes with him um, as a chest-mounted uh, camera when he's doing that just goes everywhere it's such a useful piece of kit and um uh, but obviously the results from that are fantastic um they're they're perfectly up to um dropping into a sequence or a film if you're shooting it for um for the web or something like that um it's for 4k obviously and um very very usable does things that other other cameras couldn't do i mean you could obviously get a, a big full-frame filmmaking camera, but it's not going to go into the nooks and crannies that a GoPro can. And um, it's not as uh, robust and indestructible as a GoPro is either. So 
uh, horses for courses as, as part of your kit as a professional if you're making videos i would say that that's a brilliant piece of kit and, and obviously very well priced as well um my second um was um three-legged thing sent me through their new ray tripod which uh, is a travel tripod and uh, very very compact and it's just beautifully made it's one of those things that does a job very functional but it's just beautiful to look at it's beautifully finished um and um and it just feels so robust and solid but lightweight very small uh, and the legs unscrew so it can, can become a, a tabletop tripod as well um you would tuck it into your carry-on luggage with no problem at all and yet it's really sturdy very secure and um yeah i mean if you're looking for a travel tripod obviously there's there's a lot of choice out there this one isn't isn't the most affordable but it's uh it, it's just an excellent piece of kit and uh i would thoroughly recommend that for somebody who is um filming or, or taking photographs abroad that would be a really good thing to kind of take with you um and then my um my third one is a little bit off beam really because i was thinking about it and i've been using it quite a bit lately which is my um para amalfi drone which of okay. course is is another thing that can um i didn't take it with me but it could tuck into a suitcase really small um obviously it's up against a massive rival in the form of dji uh, which is uh has pretty much cornered the entire drone market but Parrot's still hanging on in there, and I can thoroughly recommend the Amalfi as uh, a potential alternative. Uh, it's it's done a fantastic job for us when you, we've used it. Um, as I say, very lightweight, very small, very easy to operate. You just set it up in moments. And um, again, you know, exactly what we talked about, something very small, very usable, capable of doing a professional job. Excellent. Well, I mean, that's that's three very different bits of kit. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that you should mention the um, GoPro because, of course, yesterday, um, GoPro brought out their new flagship uh, camera, which is the um, Hero 9 Black. Um, and, you know, last few years, they, they've just sort of incrementally sort of um, changed features. But this one sees a big leap forward Um so it goes from 12 megapixels to 20 megapixels uh, for stills. Um, you know, it can shoot 5K uh, footage, the new one. Um, and, you know, it's it's a fantastic... It, it, it seems to have got a much better battery life as well, a 30% uh, better battery life, because that's often one of the sort of niggles with these sorts of um, cameras is that the battery life, you know, you have to keep changing them, and it, it, that's, that's not ideal. But, of course, they're very small as you mentioned, very small bits of bits of kit. Um, but, you know, GoPro seem to have really cracked at this time with the, with the battery life. Um, the, the tripod, I completely, completely um, agree with you. Um, Three-legged thing. They're, they're, there's almost sort of works of art, these these tripods, aren't they? I mean, you know, each one has a sort of, it's its own sort of character and personal name. And, you know, they, they, like you say, they're, they're not the most affordable, but you, you pay for what you get, don't you? And... Um, you know, if you if you buy one of those, it's it's gonna last. Yes. And um, yeah, the Anafi drone, um, 4K. It's 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 a it's it folds up as well, so it's a very as you say travel friendly um option. And it is good that everybody thinks drones, the only drones out there are the are the DJI's. Um, but it is good to sort of have a look about the market and see that they are. 
um, there are different different sort of options out there. I know that um, they actually do a th- sort of thermal version of that cam- uh, drone as well, where you know it's it's used by sort of search and rescue teams as well to sort of uh, find missing people and things like that. So it's quite an interesting sort of uh, product and one we should probably sort of look at in detail on another podcast. So here are, here are my three items of kit. So first up is the Ricoh GR3. And this is a camera that is great for street photography. It's a 24 megapixel camera, APS-C sensor, and they've squeezed that sensor into a camera that genuinely fits in your pocket. It is tiny. And you know when people say pocket cameras and the, you know, the lens sticks out and they don't properly fit in, your, in the front pocket of your jeans. This is not the case with the GR3. It definitely fits in there. And it's a, it's a brilliant camera. It's got quite a cult following. And um, this version is, is, again, sort of seen some, some huge um, steps up in, in features. It's got in-body image stabilization. It's got a built-in ND filter. It's got a touchscreen. It's small, black, discreet. It's everything you want from a street photography camera. Um, and they're good fun as well. The batteries uh, don't last that long, but you know you can, you can change batteries or charge them up via a USB-C connection. Um, but it's a really nice bit of kit. And very much actually has parallels with the three-legged thing tripod because it's it's crafted. It's a, it's it's almost a work of art. Some cameras are very sort of you know functional and and cold, but this you can see why it's sort of developed that that cult following. Um, the next product uh, harks back to to the action cameras, but this one's slightly different. So this is a DJI Osmo Pocket, and this is the one that has a three-axis gimbal. Um, and it's fantastic for filming because it does 4K 60p. And this thing is absolutely tiny. As the name suggests, pocket, if it, it fits in your pocket. But you can connect it up via a multi-pin connector to your smartphone. So you can use the larger screen of your, you know, you know how big these smartphones are these days. Um, and you can use that as a, as a sort of monitor, if you like. Um, but you know the footage that this thing provides is so steady. It's 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 really very very cool. Have you had a chance to use one of these, Terry? Oh yes, I have, and um, absolutely, I'd agree with absolutely everything you say there. And um, it's a fantastic piece of kit. It's also really affordable. Um, and I'm not sure what the price has come down to now, but it was. Um, I, I, I know it's not uh, it, it's not beyond the scope of uh, any any professional to uh, just buy something like that. You can imagine doing a bit of behind the scenes video at a wedding or something like that, or on the on a job for a client, give them a bit of um, a bit of extra material for their website when you supply the job, that kind of thing. And the quality is terrific, isn't it? it it's really good. Absolutely, and as you see, I mean. <laughs> It's tiny and it's affordable. So it was 329. I think recently DJI has sort of dropped the price on it uh, to around, uh, I think they've knocked 100 pounds off actually. Um, uh, so, you know, it's well well within the reach of, of professionals and, and sort of, you know, amateurs alike actually. Um, but it's a great bit of kit and the, the, the quality of, of the video you get is, you, you know, for dropping in B-roll, it, it's perfectly suitable for a professional production. Now, the last bit of kit on our small and mighty little run-through is a bit of a controversial one, a bit of a curveball, but it's the the Canon 90D. And I, I've put a little asterisk with this because I pair, I've pair i got the Canon 90D, and I pair it with a 40mm 
pancake lens, which of course is tiny as well. So, so bear with me on this because if you want a lightweight DSLR setup, the Canon 90D really is perfect. So it's 701 grams. And when you add in that 40 mil pancake lens, which weighs 130 grams, it's still lighter than, than most other sort of DSLRs. But it gives a lot of features because the 90D can shoot 4K video. It can shoot full HD slow motion, something that actually the, you know, the flagship 5D Mark IV can't do. Uh, the slow motion in that is limited to 720p. It's got three, uh, so it's got 32 megapixels, which again is actually more resolution than the 5D Mark IV. So if you can live with the fact that it's got an APS-C sensor, then it's got a huge amount more going for it than the 5D Mark IV. You know, for example, it's got the very angle screen. It's got a faster burst rate than the 5D Mark IV. So in terms of small lightweight kit that can be used for professional applications, then the 90D absolutely hits the mark. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. And um, uh, it's interesting. I mean, everything you've mentioned, you clearly are using in a professional workflow. So um, it's not conjecture. You're actually showing that it can be done. And um, what do you think about the um, the build quality? I mean, a lot of the, the things we've talked about, products that are totally capable, they might be aimed at the consumer, they're totally capable of doing a professional job. But uh, talking to manufacturers, they would say, well, one of the big things about a professional model is the build quality and that it's going to be weatherproof, it's going to be robust enough to go out on jobs. And it's not going to let you down because obviously as a professional, that's the uh, the, the disaster that you um, absolutely have to avoid. So what do you feel about the build quality? Is it up to what you need as a professional? That's a really, really great question, Terry. Um, obviously, the build quality won't be on par with you know something like the 5D4. But as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I've done three filming jobs this week. I've used the 90D on all three. Um if, if, you know, I, I, I take along uh, backup cameras um, and if the 90D breaks while I'm getting a shot, then so be it. It breaks. Everything I use is insured, um, you know, as every professional should do. You know, you should always insure your kit. And if it breaks, it breaks. I'd rather not worry about build quality. I want to worry about getting that perfect shot for my client. I don't want to worry about, is this camera going to break? If it breaks, it breaks. I'll swap it out and I'll grab another camera. But, you know... I'd rather get the shot and break a bit of kit than not get the shot for my client. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yes. And um, yeah, I think uh, in, in future podcasts, I know we're we're looking at um, talking about kit that uh, is aimed at the consumer in theory, but actually can do a brilliant job for the professionals. So yeah, I think that's um, that that's a really good point. And um, that that is something I think that um, has changed a lot these days. That the um, the things the the features that are being presented to photographers uh, at affordable price points um, are just off the scale now. It's um, it's a completely different picture to what it was a few years ago, and, and you really can get involved at a very high level without spending a fortune. Definitely. Well, I think I think we've proven that there is plenty kit on the market for professionals who perhaps want to downsize and want to find, you know, quality kit that is both small and mighty. So I think that's a, a job well done there. Now let's move on and give a quick nod 
to TPS, which of course this year has gone virtual because of all the all the situation that's going on. And you know, it depends when you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to it uh, later. Um, next week then obviously this is going to be all news but I think we do need to give a bit of a nod to TPS who have done a fine job in you know rejigging the uh, the offering and are going virtual do you want to say anything about this Terry uh, yes um, it's all come together a little bit late in the day uh, I've been getting information coming in um, from the big players who are getting behind it and um, actually this very morning I've got a bit of um, hot news in that um, Sennheiser um, have just announced that they're going to be doing quite a bit at the show, which uh, didn't surprise me because they were the uh, sponsor of the video stage. And and I think uh, sometimes it's forgotten that this is the photography and video show. And obviously yes. the video side is, uh, is, is, is um, a, a smaller element of the whole thing but an important one and, and just shows how video is kind of coming on but um it, it's it's really interesting um Sennheiser are actually going to be doing a lot at the show which uh, includes um there's a lot of um uh, a lot of presentations on the main stage they've got uh, some of their ambassadors are going to be talking I've got Tanya Esteban for example he's going to be talking about shooting for the edit wildlife filmmaking um so there's a lot there there's a lot there and um obviously you're, you're gonna find that um uh, i think um we we talked before we we came on air about who's supporting it i know sony and uh, nikon and canon are all going to be doing quite a lot of um quite a lot of events i think there's going to be special show deals and things obviously the show deals are a big thing that people go to the tps for and you can get some unbelievable bargains. Well, I understand there's going to be some uh, really good offers um, on on uh, over the weekend. Uh, obviously, it's free to sign up, and um, I would I would say definitely um, it's all pros and cons, isn't it? it? It's it's going to be very different to um, the usual experience, but it does mean you haven't got to get yourself up to the NEC if you're in a, another part of the country. You can just sit at home and and uh, sign up and go online. And um, by all accounts, the experience is going to be as near to the real thing as they can manage in a virtual setting. So that should be interesting in itself to see what they come up with. But there's definitely going to be some value there. Uh, it won't cost you anything. And I think it's going to be an interesting experience. But let's all hope we can do it for real next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. Well, I mean, that about does it for our fifth podcast. And I hope you've enjoyed it and found some of it useful, especially the talk about small and mighty kit. Look out for the next episode in a fortnight's time. And until then, enjoy your photography. Thanks for joining us, Terry. Thank you, Matty. Speak soon.